Hello and welcome to Empty the Cues! This is the first episode with a guest! I am so excited! Uh, on this episode, we had John Westover, who, if you listen to Valence, which is the fiction podcast that I am the showrunner for, and Joshi plays the lead in, uh, John is also in our cast, and he plays Nico Salvi. Um, but John is also one of my very best friends, and he has been for a very long time. Fun facts, he officiated my wedding. Um, and he also introduced me to community. Now, John is a, I, I can't call him a Pierce stan. John loves Pierce and how Pierce is written. And we thought that it would be so fun to have him on this episode and discuss his stance and why he loves Pierce. So we get into that a bit. Um, I, I have come around more on Pierce. I don't know. I go in circles, but hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully you listen and think critically about Pierce and what he means to you. Uh, this episode does get a little bit not safe for work, where uh, which if you listen to Valence and you know uh, the if you know how me and Joshi and John work together, I, this this should not be a surprise. Uh, you know. Anyway, here it is. Enjoy. Okay, let's talk about this community episode. Okay. Oh, yes. right, community. <laughs> the thing we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is our first Halloween episode. This was intro to statistics. Um, this is, I would say, the most hinged <laughs> Halloween episode. The rest no. are full on unhinged. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait. Um. Do you want to introduce our special guest for this particular episode? Oh, yeah. I'll also do that in wraparound, but I should also do it because you're here. Uh, and I said absolutely, apparently, without being introduced. That was <laughs> polite of me. <laughs> uh, our guest on this episode is John Westover, who plays Nico Salvi in uh, Valence uh, and is the person who got me into community. What? Yeah. Really? Yes. Did I? Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I had watched a few episodes in high school, and then when I met you uh, my freshman year of undergrad, mm -hmm. you were talking about how good it was, and I was like, man, I don't know. I watched a couple, and it seemed pretty shitty. And you were like, no, no. The first season is just like that, but you just you just got to trust me. Yeah. Uh, and then I checked it out, and yeah, fucking rules. So thank you, John, for introducing mm. me to one of my favorite shows ever. Oh, well, you're welcome. Thanks. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah i um i i know i came late to community um and i tend to do that like i the stuff that i end up really liking is stuff mm -hmm. i come a little late to while it's in the process of coming out and same uh, here actually yeah yeah i have a lot of trouble i mean like at this point i honestly have trouble consuming any media that has hype around it uh mm -hmm. like i don't know what it is <laughs> Like, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. Like, I I, I crave consuming media without discourse, as I think. Sure. Mm hmm Yeah. Because your work doesn't allow you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. There we uh, go. And, and also because I often have opinions that are not everyone else's opinions, and then I get yelled at, and I don't like it, so. Oh, well, then I'll take that role for you off of this episode. Thank you. Thank you, yeah, John. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Uh, before we talk about that elephant in the room, let's do just a, a quick summary of the episode. Which one of you wants to take it? Oh, Josh should 
for sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, this is the Halloween episode. Um, so, the main plot revolves around Jeff trying to sleep with one of his professors. Um, mm-hmm. And she is totally into it and just, like, feigning disinterest this entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is deplorable. Um, but we also have, I, I have very bad feelings about the professor sleeping with the student thing in uh-huh. this. Um, but oh, so do I. The, uh, <laughs> the, um, the sort of B plot is that Annie is throwing a Dia de los Muertos party uh, as like extra credit for Senor Chang's class. Um and she wants Jeff to show because he is popular and, you know, she was a big nerd in high school. And so she wants all of the popular kids to go. Um, and this sort of conflicts with Jeff trying to hit on his professor uh, as, you know, he's trying to establish that he is not sort of like attached to his classmates like he is oh he's you know he's just breezing through here he's not like a student student um and then the c plot here is pierce is afraid of his own mortality and he (laughs) (laughs) takes a bunch of drugs he swaps drugs with sideburns and he goes on a bad trip (laughs) which honestly it's not the worst trip i've seen but um Yeah. (laughs) yeah i went i went to a liberal arts college um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that is the plot in a nutshell. Uh, at the end, Jeff abandons his you know pursuit of the professor, and she's like, "Yeah, I knew you were close with them." And you know, she drops him, and he he goes to save Pierce, who has trapped himself in a very impressively made furniture fort um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you know he saves him or you know he talks him down and Abed dressed as Batman saves the day because Abed is wonderful mm-hmm. and oh wait I forgot about the whole thing with Shirley oh yeah oh yeah. my god the best part <laughs> of the episode like so many episodes is Shirley um, who is acting really aggressive towards this professor that Jeff is hitting on um, because, or, or, you know, she says it in the beginning to, like, be defensive of Britta and, you know, to help out Britta, but it's because her dirtbag ex-husband was uh, already has, like, a new girlfriend and she was just sort of displacing this anger onto this professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, like, pulls a bunch of dumb vandal vandal sort of pranks on her and then at the end she you know is like oh well i guess it wasn't really about her it was about my dirtbag ex-husband and she displays a very impressive level of self-awareness for the show community yes (laughs) and then yeah that's that's the end of the episode is everybody grows a little shirley is still wonderful um and Pierce uh, remains firmly held within my contempt. And that is... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much where we're at with this episode. 
So let's talk about that elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John? Sure. Yeah. I like Pierce. Ugh. I like Pierce. <laughs> I, I I like Pierce as a character. I hate him as a man, to make that clear. Yes. Um, and I, I'm using that in that very, like, figurative sense. Like, I think that there's a lot uh, to be empathized with with Pierce. Um, Fascinating. And uh, I think that there's a lot that is laid out through the show that talk that like describes a very hard life for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think there's I, I think there's a lot there. Okay, I haven't <laughs> I haven't gotten to the um to like explore most of Pierce's backstory yet. Sure, sure. Um, I can definitely sort of empathize with liking a terrible character because I mm-hmm. love them. Um, well, so there was a little bit early on in this episode, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I took some notes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, please, yeah. please. Um, specifically because I knew we'd talk about this, but um, uh, early on he call he accidentally calls his mom um, and her mom his mom's on speakerphone. And um, she has a couple of sentences, she says. She says, has that boy Jeff stopped teasing you? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. means that he's told her that he's in this study group and that one of them, who is ostensibly the leader, is teasing him. Um, How is your Canadian girlfriend is your mm-hmm. next question. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> Which rough. I think explains itself. Um, and then, actually, I think this one can be explained away, but it's one of the the... I've seen like lists of plot holes in community because mm-hmm. that seems like a good way to spend my reading time. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 she says, I, I saw your father's ghost again. <laughs> um, he seems which, angry. He, oh, no, he seemed he seemed angry. Yeah, he's still angry. That's he's it. still angry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like all three of those already like like to me that I picked, I was like, wow, I've this is not even something that I've looked for specifically. And I, and I picked those out and I was like, wow, those all tell like very specific things about this character's life. Um, uh, there's also a, a, a lot of like family emphasis in this episode as a whole, but like with Pierce, I think it's very, he's very much a kid. Like yes. he's a child and yeah. like like so many of these characters are, they're just children. Um, and And he's just using his like, like the whole joke is he's using his version of being a kid to try and relate to these people who are younger. Um, uh, like I, when he's <laughs> near the end, the other thing he said that I thought was really funny is he said, I never saw Beastmaster. I just wanted it to be wanted to be cool. And he had come to the party in even when was this 2008? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dressed as Beastmaster, like a severely dated reference. That nobody um, understands. Nobody understood it, and he hadn't even seen the movie. He just right. wanted to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's, I, like I said, I feel like this show's all about characters that are still children, and and Pierce is definitely. When I started looking at him more that way, I think that's when I started liking him more. Um, but yeah, I also have no empathy for his 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 terror of death. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that looking at him like a child is actually where things fall apart for me and why really? I have I have zero empathy for Pierce um and I think watching it or watching it this time 
having already seen the entire show like several times over, mm. I don't think that Pierce is very well written. Really? Yeah. I think okay. that Pierce is one of the biggest flaws of the show. Hmm. Uh, well written in what way? Like, do you feel like he's not a realistic depiction of somebody like like he's not realistic or do you do you feel that he's like, I feel just like badly written badly I written <laughs> i feel like he's yeah. badly written i feel like he is realistic i feel like that does not matter to me um like okay so community is a show that deals in hyper realism by going for hyperbole like mm-hmm. by pushing everything to the nth degree it reveals more emotional truth about who these people really are right Mm -hmm. um my problem is that the show consistently tries to make pierce a sympathetic character um for all the reasons that you're explaining john and those moments Mm -hmm. are there i find that they fail entirely on execution um for me at least and granted part of this is because i i i could not care less about the struggles of a cishet older white man. I, mm-hmm. I literally could not care less. Part of this is also uh, family turmoil stories don't work on me. Okay. <laughs> uh, unless it is like familial horror a la Hereditary. Uh, I would argue that Pierce's uh, family turmoil is family horror. Not uh, yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet, sure. But yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I would also... <laughs> Just, I would also Jesus, agree where does this day. show go? Well, oh, <laughs> no, man. <laughs> honestly, I said that in the sense that, like, it is the struggle of an old cis white man. Uh, yes, yeah. And, yeah, and and those particular, like, there, there's horror there for sure. Yeah, I will say, with as few spoilers as I can, um, that when Pierce is characterized in a different way later on, his actions and thoughts and beliefs are the same, but his framing Mm-hmm. becomes different mm-hmm. um john for instance in the D episode yep yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 that's a thing i enjoy and recognize yeah. oh joshy you're gonna fucking love that episode oh it yeah is, it's very does. famous it's for a, good... a reason Ooh. yeah um when pierce gets that characterization i yeah. think he's well written but I think that all of the all of the writing that tries to make him sympathetic in these early seasons is a complete failure to me. And while I really liked this episode, every time an episode tries to get me to care about Pierce, I'm like, honey, you're better than this. <laughs> okay. I, in, an, in another spoiler-free way, though, I'll try to ask this question. Okay. Um, do you think... Is it at all possible that it fails for you because of his later characterization? No. It's it's just not. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm very good at... I mean, like, part of my job is to engage in something in its entirety and then go back through um, both keeping the ultimate concept in mind, but also experiencing in each individual piece as an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm... I have had to be very good at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, doing a lot of like recap articles and re-listen articles will will do that to you for sure. Uh, but I will say I think that the discussion of age and its 
general irrelevance in this episode is really fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do like the play with um, you know, Pierce as probably the the biggest, you know, most prominent example of this of like, even when you are an adult you are still just like a kid in a big kid's body, not knowing what the fuck to do. And everything is terrifying. Mm-hmm. We also, I think got some really interesting glimpses into this with Shirley for mm-hmm. one. Absolutely. Who is uh, phenomenally immature. Uh, we, I think even we, we get it with Annie a little bit though. She's still pretty much just like squarely baby. Mm-hmm. We get Although, it with, okay. Um, just while we're talking about Annie real quick, this thought mm-hmm. popped up in my head just now and I didn't want to lose it. Um, Please. I think it's kind of interesting that Troy was at the party and she didn't particularly care. Yeah. Uh, she was more interested in whether or not Jeff was at the party. Right. Which, uh-huh. and I feel like, you know, two episodes ago, this whole thing would have been about keeping Troy at the party. I think... So I think that this goes into something uh, for right now for where we are in the series. I think that this is an interesting discussion of like different strata of cool because I think Annie is so like she's so caught up on this like trauma of not being a cool kid that of not having social capital. Right. Mm. And I think that like relatively speaking at Greendale I don't think that Troy really has that social capital. I think that he is high school cool. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. wants college cool. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, I think that the reason Annie's had any gumption around Troy, even um, last episode or the episode before or whatever, when she takes the blanket back from Troy on the date with the girl. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, Joshy? Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I think that she only even has that gumption because they're on a more level playing field here than they were in high school. Mm, okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm. It's it's interesting. Uh, like, the whole... Ho- like, it's supposed to be a Halloween episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole whole holiday... Like, I personally have, have uh, hang-ups about it being, like, I could enjoy it when I was small and young, but I'm not a- able to enjoy it the same way now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And this whole episode is 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 interesting in that, like, I don't think any of the characters, except for the characters who were allowed, who were just allowed to be children, like, were not put into more complicated situations. I'm thinking like Troy and Abed mm-hmm. in particular. Um, like, those were the only people enjoying themselves this episode. Yeah, yeah. they were, they were the Absolutely. only people enjoying Halloween, and so like, it's all about these 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 kids all some of them are just trying to be adults and like it kind of ruins it for them (laughs) yeah Hmm. let's talk about how wonderful abed is in this episode uh being batman it's just so good yeah um his his batman voice is perfect the entire time and he's just wandering around or not wandering but he's like attending the party um what did he say when he entered that was the funniest fucking thing i've ever heard it was like checks mix and pretzels predictable but delicious (laughs) or something like that that was really good (laughs) and it was so fantastic because like 
he is kind of assessing situations like Batman. Like, he's just pretending to be Batman and having a mm-hmm. wonderful time. And the only time that he's not um, doing the Batman voice is he has one line. Yes. Um, where this is after uh, Jeff has... You know, while he's trying to prove to the professor, I cannot remember that professor's name because they professor call her Hot Hot Face. Yeah, Nick. they they call her <laughs> nicknames throughout the entire thing, and I yeah. I can't yeah. remember her actual name because I think they said it once. Slater, <laughs> Professor Slater. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the the one time he uses his regular voice is after Jeff is you know telling Professor Slater basically I don't know these people they just follow me around. Um, and he says, you know, uh, you know, he says to Abed, you're not actually Batman. And um, they're doing that thing where, like, everybody's sad and walking past him and saying one cutting line after another to make him feel bad. Um, mm-hmm. And he deserved it. But Abed's is, you know, he, he says, I'm not Batman, but you could try not being a jerk. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just and- like he's, it said completely directly, like, no artifice. Mm-hmm. It just cuts through. Yeah. It had the exact... Yeah energy of Maggie Simpson in Hook when she says Peter you've become a pirate and if Maggie did I say Maggie Simpson I'm in Maggie Smith I was so confused <laughs> yeah. I, my brain was doing so many things yeah. thank you for clarifying <laughs> yeah I, I, I actually I do that all the time too I call her Maggie yeah, Simpson all the time but if Maggie Smith ever said that I was a pirate I I would just curl up into a ball and cry for years i don't know if you would because you'd be a pirate um that's true she wouldn't lie at that point (laughs) i I I would have earned the title of pirate but yeah is it worth it to have maggie smith look at you in horror like that that's the real question that's the real question that is that's from the bible Um, that i (laughs) that is from the bible Like Leviticus 1973. I, I knew it had to be in one of those thrown out parts. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise we would know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think like this episode's cool too for Abed in that it it's one of the earlier instances of him being the Deus Ex. Uh oh like, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I just love that as a as a mechanic on this show. I just love when Abed comes in and is like, hey, I'm Abed. <laughs> <laughs> and like either fixes or like whatever he does uh you know I, yeah being being used as the the fulcrum for the story it, that's it, not the right word it's funny though cuz he's like it it doesn't work out all the time when you have a character that's a really good main character but also a really good greek chorus like a really good mm-hmm. bookend like abed can fill any role in this show and mm-hmm. be great yeah Oh man, and you haven't even gotten to the paintball episodes. Yeah, the paintball episodes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you know, first paintball, second uh-huh. paintball. Mm-hmm. Next year's <laughs> paintball one and two. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Abed, great, and and I also feel like it's totally in character for Abed because a lot of what he does is. is like be genre aware. Like mm-hmm. he observes yeah. everyone, and he is genre aware, and he does exactly what he knows he needs to do in the moment. So, like, it also totally makes sense for him to be the deus ex machina in so many yeah. of the episodes. Because, yeah. like, yeah. He's, <laughs> he, he's the author's awareness, honestly. Like, 
Yeah. If he and and I think I I can't remember if Dan has talked about this, but I think like he's he's the character. If there's any self insert with agency, yes. that's the self insert with agency. Yeah, he has talked about that. Um, yeah. In there was an interview in I believe Vulture. Um, that's also when he talked about his Asperger's diagnosis and writing Abed as a character with Asperger's like unwittingly, mm-hmm. um, and then being like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which which storyline do we do we tackle here first when it comes to actual storylines? Um, I feel like the Jeff one, if only because it's the main like pull through. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joshy, I know you have issues with this one, and so do I. <laughs> I don't like it whenever there's any sort of like corruption of the professor student relationship. Uh-huh. It Interesting. just I, I it I find it so gross. Like there's such a trust you have in someone when they are teaching you something. And I don't know. This it, it just oh it it rubs me all the wrong way, this whole thing. And I don't like how um how into it she is. And I suppose hmm. the main thing here is that also um it's very clear that neither one of them necessarily wants a relationship. They this is purely about sex for yeah, both parties absolutely. involved. Um and I think that is also one of the things that's gross that they're both kind of into this it it almost seems like a fetishization of this particular power dynamic that's almost certainly right. what it is yes, actually yeah absolutely be having extensive harmon knowledge in my brain yes. <laughs> and i would say especially given jeff using chang's move yeah oh my at god the end. that's 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 a super good point yeah chang's move okay so let's let's just go through the plot of this one yeah. though yes 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 um so I did the plot rundown, uh, and and most of this uh, plot line is just uh, Jeff asking the professor to go on a date with him, and her saying no, but you're hot, mm-hmm. and it's just that back and forth, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> with a lot of a lot of uh, snappy banter. Yeah, they mm. have very good banter, which is also something that infuriates me because I hate <laughs> this dynamic. But it was such good banter. You and, know, and I think that's why, like, the, I think the banter did it for me in this episode. And that's probably why, like, it's problematic to show such a fetishized version of this. Mm-hmm. I don't, okay. I, I have, like, <laughs> I have complicated politics on things on when it comes to, like, problematic depictions of dynamics. Because on one hand, like, and I think we can all agree with this. Like, it, it it's not. It's only problematic if it's an actual situation. Yeah. Um. But the reason that it is a problem is because it is the actual situation in the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that anything? Does that make sense? No. Yeah. I. Yeah. Well, I would also say that there's some danger, like, even, like that I that I entertain the idea. Like from that, I'm like, oh, that's kind of hot. Like that's. That seems like it's a problem that has been generated in me. 
by like an ultra fetishized depiction of that sort of taboo relationship. For sure. But I also think that if you were in the actual real life situation, it would be very different. Right. Um, I will say that the banter did nothing for me. Um, if a dude tried to banter with me in this way, I would be so immediately turned off by someone trying so goddamn hard to impress me and doing so little. <laughs> it is very aggressive. Like, it's... Here's the thing with it's, it. Yeah, it's almost yeah. cunning in how uncunning it is. Like, it doubles back on itself. It's an Ouroboros of I was, desperation. <laughs> and the funny thing, I was just going to describe it as, like, a viper coming around. It's just like a... Like, making it clear that it's hunting you. Mm -hmm. uh, See, that I'm okay with. It's the fact that the banter itself, for me, was... Uh, the rhythm was good. The content was so mediocre. Oh, the content was nothing. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's where it fails for me. If you're going to have... If you're going to try to engage with me in witty banter with good rhythm, uh, you better step up to the plate. And mm -hmm. he didn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was very much like a like she says a thing and he says, oh, well, you said that thing. And here's why you should sleep with me because of that thing you said. Um, right. But it was very Fucking like it. it was very Sorkin in its pacing. You know, that's actually interesting because she's a statistics professor. So I wonder if the whole idea is that like she is turned on by just like this rules based banter that has mm, the good okay. flow like it it all checks out in the end uh maybe that's what works for her that makes sense because i and for him i i am too chaotic and it was too predictable so it did mm. nothing for me <laughs> yeah 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 uh and just it also the fact that this was um like Twinkie banter, like it was devoid of actual content. Uh oh. Uh spicy dig right there. What? <laughs> um But it, it it it's kind of funny that the ultimate move in that that Senor Chang teaches Jeff is he basically he goes up to her and he sits down and he looks her dead in the eyes with a straight face and he just says, please sleep with me. My life is so sad. Please sleep with me. You would be doing me such a good favor. And it works. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to say the peak moment of hilarity in this show for me was when it cuts back to Senor Chang and he's leaning up against the bar and he's giving him that slow, like, um, Grizzly Adams gif nod as he's leaving was the funniest fucking thing. Oh. Yeah. The writing for Senor Chang is always like really hit or miss, but when it's hit, it's so fucking hit. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> And also I feel like most of the time it's on. That's interesting. We'll we'll talk more about that, Will. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I like him so far. Although mm -hmm. um it's weird because uh, before watching this, like two days ago, I watched that new Netflix animated movie, Over the Moon, and he plays, or Ken Jeong plays the most adorable, like, cartoon sidekick. Like, he basically plays Olaf from Frozen, but not shitty. <laughs> like, he's an actual heartwarming version of that type of character. 
Mm-hmm. And he does it so well, and he sings in this movie, and Ooh. and he he does such a beautiful song, and I'm like, oh my god, how is like I he he's got really good comedic chops, but I never would have anticipated him like being able to play this like beautiful a character. And I then, like, then I come yeah. back to this, and I'm like, what are you doing, Gobi? This isn't you. <laughs> I really feel like with all the ways that he branches out in life, Ken Yang is just, like, trying to be... He's trying to EGOT. Like, yeah. some yeah. sort of spiritual EGOT he's trying but to do. Like, but he will never EGOT, because I don't think he'll ever win a single award ever, and I think he knows that, but I think he... It seems like he delights in it. Yeah, no, yeah. he just wants to excel at these things, and, like... He goes from interest to interest. Is yeah. Seemed, and I love that. That gives me dream. hope for myself. Yeah. yeah. It's the fucking dream. Let's talk about this, uh, the Shirley plot line next. Oh, Because it made me yeah. phenomenally sad. It is, but I feel like, okay, I feel like this plot line is something that the show kind of needed at this point, if only yeah. because Shirley has... Shirley has had a lot of like surface character development and like mm-hmm. a little bit of inner character development. And like we've mm-hmm. seen that she can be protective and loving and you know, we get a lot of her being particular roles to other members of the group. Like we see her in relation to other people in the group, but this is the first time we see like a very Shirley centric sort of thing. Yeah, and, and a very mm-hmm. Shirley-centric flaw. Mm-hmm. But here with Shirley, it's just kind of a flaw that makes her more human and more lovable, and I yes. love yeah. Shirley so much. She's so good. She's so underrated. Mm-hmm. She, I, you know, this was not her best look, but at the same time, like, I get it. Here's the thing, though. As... Like, I know it's not her best look, but as a bad look, it's really not that bad. And it's yeah. kind of something we've all, like, we've all been there. Oh, yes. sure. In the midst of doing something really chaotic or destructive and then being like, well, this is because of the thing that was so obvious from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and wait. And also to be, like, <laughs> that distraught about, like, she was married. Like, she has kids. Mm-hmm. That's fucking rough. Yeah. yeah, 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 girl, self-destruct a little. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Like you were mm-hmm. allowed. Some I... of us dye our hair and cut our bangs, and some of us maybe do minor crimes on a woman who has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Whoa, uh, oh, I, I just don't love the phrasing of that for some reason. <laughs> I feel like that's fair. I feel like it was not my best phrasing. <laughs> Uh, John, I have mentioned this to Joshi on this show before, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you know my favorite episode of Community. It is relevant because it's a Shirley episode in some yeah. ways. Uh, you know Introduction to Mixology? Yes. Yeah, that is my favorite episode of the entire series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever meet her um, husband? Uh... <laughs> It's hard to say. Who knows? Uh, These days in this economy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really like Shirley. And I also, so Josh and I recorded 
the Empty the Cues for episode eight before we were recording episode seven. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Is episode eight the one where Britta grows? Um, Like for other women? I, Josh, do you remember? I think so. I think that's the one. What weird pacing, because seeing this out of order and seeing how much Britta shows up for Shirley and yeah. is there to comfort her, I would have thought that that would have come after the little, like, hey, we're all girls, let's go to the bathroom together and talk shit. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that would have come after. But I really like Britta in this episode. I thought that she was very sweet and earnest. Yeah, this I was... know that something that has happened on this show is, uh, like, the, the swapping around of episodes. So mm. that could be a possible thing, but it could also just be that they yeah goofed it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was definitely a. Oh no, the I think the next episode is actually the one where, um, Jeff moves in with Abed. So oh yeah. shit, okay, so that so yes. that pacing totally. So then makes the sense pacing then. works, and yeah, I I really liked Britta in this one, and yeah. I love I love that yeah. dumb gag where she's you know dressed up as a cute little squirrel, and she's <laughs> like, oh, I don't. I, I hate that thing where Halloween clothes have to be sexy for women, and Annie's just like, yeah, I agree. And then she's just, I know the joke is that she's in, like, a skin-tight skeleton outfit, but it's still, yeah. like, a sweatshirt and sweatpants yeah. with it's a like skeleton a print on body. it. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like not that sexy. Aggressively no. non-sexual. It's just skin-tight, uh, and Alison Brie... Yeah. Is Allison uh, Brie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joshy, you should tell the listeners about your observation of how they do her makeup because oh. it's so accurate. Yeah. She yeah. in every episode, and I don't know if the I mean the point is probably to make her look younger and like yeah, absolutely cute and innocent, but they give her like so much blush that she looks like a. A haunted Victorian doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she sure does. Yeah, they do. They the way that they place the blush too is it's like it's it starts on the bottom of the apples of her cheeks and then blends upward um, to kind of give them like a more rounded appearance than sharp. Um, and they also do a lot of interesting tricks with her eyeliner to make her colossal circle eyes look even more colossal and circular Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh they really have her looking like uh, just a a tiny haunted doll baby absolutely like either that or from a really early cartoon like yes (laughs) yeah maybe there's a somewhere there's a uh every time this character was being filmed uh a, a new england couple uh, heard a noise in the attic and they went up and or the guy went up and was like well Annie's gone again Annie's gone again <laughs> in, the, in that same must be doing that show in, in that same vein I could also see um, just like her offering Eddie Valiant a drink in a bar like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm now picturing <laughs> so I'm now picturing this like old couple in this haunted attic with all these haunted dolls sitting across a desk from haunted doll Annie which is like doll sized and literally porcelain Annie and Bell like huh Annie Bell 
Annabelle. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and the, the couple being like, okay, so yeah, next on the docket, we have this uh, spec script for, I think it's going to be a Netflix <laughs> production. This one's called Glow. It might be worth your time. Uh, go ahead and read this one. <laughs> Just being <laughs> this haunted doll's agent. Agent, yeah. <laughs> the scripts up to the attic. <laughs> yeah, like completely straight face. <laughs> oh, wow. from a little porcelain doll, like propped up in a chair on the other side of the desk. Okay, I my, feel like my version yeah. of this is just seeing Dave Franco out on a date with a tiny haunted porcelain doll. <laughs> and nothing about, J- uh, nothing about, wait, which Franco? Dave Franco. Dave Franco? Yeah, isn't this she? Is... I thought she's dating uh, Dave Franco. One of the Francos. You're probably right. I've, I honestly forgot that there were two. And my brain was about to say James Franco. And then it got confused. Well, they're both members know. of the Franco hive mind. Right, um, of yeah, right, right. Yeah, we, we all know that. We were, yeah, we can't talk too much about that. Mm-mm. My version of this is a broken mirror version where instead of a haunted porcelain doll, it's an AI face linked to a huge server. Mm. And people come and deliver offerings of scripts to the AI for what <laughs> roles I would they watch, will take. I would watch that episode of Black Mirror. That's yeah. <laughs> And did I say Black Mirror or did I say Busted Mirror? <laughs> I don't know what I said. I don't know. Um, but I That's do think I that like, <laughs> with as much critical acclaim as Alison Brie has gotten, having an AI or, for instance, a hive mind, um, you know, going through mm-hmm. the scripts that are sent to you, it's probably way more efficient. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that she doesn't join the Franco hive mind. I, I hope she does whatever she wants. <laughs> yeah, I just hope she's yeah. happy. She's very yeah. talented, and I Fair. hope she's nice. And I hope she's I happy. I hope so, too. <laughs> I just feel like that we don't need more of the Frank. <laughs> I agree with that one. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that end bump, because it's perfect, and to my knowledge, was completely improvised. Oh, oh that and, definitely and... seems it. <laughs> <laughs> Josh already did, but we should we should all do Batman voices, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. God. <laughs> John? Oh, I fooled my. I've played myself here. <laughs> Wait, if all of us, that means me as well. Okay, I'll start us off. Oh, great! Thank you, Batman. This is gonna I be harder with my timbre of voice. Oh, well, oh maybe I'll it. go Bane just so we can distinguish. <laughs> what a fucking weird movie! What a, what weird choices were made there? Oh my god! Yeah. The, the almost Connery that he was using for that Bane voice <laughs> mm-hmm. is amazing, and that's um that's one of the things that I love about that Harley Quinn cartoon is that they have Bane show up, and he is the funniest part of every episode because he's Good. got that voice, oh, yeah. and he's <laughs> constantly he he's so that's a canonical Bane voice yeah, now, <laughs> absolute one hundred percent, and he's constantly like. He's either the smartest or dumbest person in the room, and there is no in-between. And sometimes it goes back and forth in the same scene, and it's great. That's the best. (laughs) I love the idea of a dumb Bane with that voice. Yes. Oh, yes. He talks like this the entire time, and it's wonderful. (laughs) Um, I seem to have tied my shoes together. (laughs) Yeah. It's very much like, but in that show, you'd be like, oh, you appear to have tied my shoes together in an attempt to make me fall down. I will be your reckoning. Like, (laughs) that's that's how it works. Lips in the same breath. That's fantastic. That that movie really looked at Bane the Luchador and said, what if none of this? Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a great, like, 
you know, him as the arrogant, like, like that's the cooler Bane is this guy that's just really strong and very arrogant. And there's no mm. like deeper chaos meaning behind it. He just wanted to break the bat and that's what made him scary. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. <sighs> uh, but all of this um, is to say, if yeah. you were a gingerbread man, would you just eat yourself and would you question it? Um, a gingerbread man? A donut. N- now we're getting wild. <laughs> oh my God. Why did I think it was a gingerbread man? I don't know. We just watched it. I don't know. Why, Batman? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you ask for the gingerbread man? <laughs> uh, my question still stands for both. Oh. If I were a gingerbread man, I would not. No. Um, really? I would look too humanoid, and I think that that would like, trick my mind You know, back into thinking that I'm a person. Mm-hmm. If I were a donut, would eat myself, wouldn't even wouldn't question it. It depends for me if I feel pain. It does not depend for me. (laughs) (laughs) If I felt pain, I would immediately not eat myself. If I didn't, I would probably be dead. Um, That's that's where we're at with that. I I feel like I don't. I wouldn't have the necessary equipment to eat myself if I were a donut. Mm. What if you were a donut and you just had a mouth? Um. It's the opposite of I have no mouth and I must so, scream. But what goes, what goes, where does it go after I eat? At, when I put the donut, does it go in the donut? Uh, that, that's not for you to know. No, that's, God knows mouth. that answer and no one else. <laughs> now, I would absolutely idly chew on myself if I were a gingerbread man. Oh, okay. Wait, what about a donut? I, I, the mechanics of the donut pr- problem are too great for my mind. Would you not try <laughs> to figure out the science of it? Well, yeah, I would, but okay. like I'd have I'd have questions before I ate myself. Okay, so would eat yourself would ask questions. Yeah, is it a situation where like I'm taking a bite of myself and I just swallow and it just like comes out of the hole that you I would bit have out to of myself? Find out, John. I see. I would. I might be a coward. Oh, <laughs> that I might will be the say. Issue. My answer does change if it's a cake donut. I, I would not have quite such an interest. Hmm. I'm a yeasted donut hmm. bitch. Yeast rises much like <laughs> I will, Batman. <laughs> he has, okay, they go, they show you the inside of the League of Doom, and he's in a kitchenette in one scene, and he has a coffee mug that says, caffeine is my reckoning on it, and I want it so bad. <laughs> like, Watch the Harley <laughs> Quinn cartoon because it's amazing. That's it's incredible. so good. That's so good. It's on HBO Max, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, is that what Venture Brothers was put on for like its final two seasons? Um, I, I watched it on Hulu. I watched yeah. it on Hulu, but it had to have come from somewhere because it's not a Hulu original, and it couldn't have come from Adult Swim because there's full-on titty. Titty. Hmm. Yeah. Full on. <laughs> well, if there's full on titty, I think I might be in. <laughs> Direct me to the Venture Brothers. Titty, full, full on titty Venture Brothers watch live. And, and I'll, I'll Google that and I'm I sure mean, it'll happen. If you Google that, you will likely get results for things. Yeah, that's there is no question you will find something. That is <laughs> what I want. <laughs> Anything else for this episode? 
Um, no, I thought it was delightful, mostly because it was a good Britta and Shirley episode. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for Jeff throughout most of it, but mm-hmm. unlike earlier in the season, he did eventually do the right thing without yeah. being forced into doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He did the right thing when it was against his personal interest. Um, which I thought showed growth, and I was mad at Jeff. I didn't hate Jeff, so. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like this one. Yeah, I like this one, yeah. too. I think it's a good it's a good example of the kind of uh, stuff that only gets better about the show. God, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like, everything that was good about this episode is basically how seasons two and three are like all the time. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 How many episodes are in season one? Twenty <laughs> twenty four, is that right? That can't oh be right. God. That sounds like a lot. Uh twenty-five. Oh, twenty-five. Jesus okay. Christ. All right, we but gotta do more say, of these. <laughs> some of them some of them get real good. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm specifically looking at beginner pottery. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Contemporary American poultry. Um, is modern warfare the first paintball? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, cool. Fun fact: lots of episodes uh, rec- uh, were directed directed in this season by the Russo brothers, yep. who now do all the Avengers stuff. Oh. So when you see that, uh, well. He, Dang, this this bit would have worked better if one of them had directed this episode. <laughs> I was going to say, when you see Batman coming out of there, mm. early practice, but no, Justin Lin was in this episode. You can find Empty the Cues on socials at Empty Cues Pod. You can find us on emptythecues.wordpress.com. Um, we are building up our backlog of transcripts, which you could find on our website. And you could also find uh, John's Twitter handle in the show notes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that is it. Okay, bye.